0: It's showtime. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny.
1: Washington is fundamentally corrupt. There are more words in the IRS code than there are in the Bible.
0: Made in America, heard around the world. You're listening to Blunt Force Truth i'm your host mark young chuck is off in an undisclosed location at the moment uh we're going to have a great guest today folks i want you to pay attention this is going to be fun our guest today is carrie sloan carrie is the executive director for education at the crime prevention research center and the reason you know crime prevention research center is because you're familiar with john lott jr who's a great friend of the podcast and you've uh, if you're a regular listener you've heard him here many times. And he is a, and John is like the preeminent expert in gun statistics and all things about weapons. Carrie is uh, founder of We the Female, and I'm going to let her tell her own story. I've kind of got it here, but I'm going to let her tell the story first. Carrie, so let's start by what got you into handguns, because you don't normally, and it's funny because women actually are more and more carrying guns and buying guns but you don't think of women with handguns as it's more of a male thing or at least more of a male belief so so have you always carried guns did you grow up with guns what what made you decide that you should be involved with with guns
1: well thank you for having me and uh well i did grow up with with guns um as the joke is if you have any family from texas i'm half texan on my mother's side um, so, and, and I mean, like West Texas, so I, yeah. you know, Midland, Odessa. so <clears throat> guns were not a foreign thing to me growing up. I was never afraid of firearms. Um, I didn't own them. Um, I definitely was in that mindset that where I lived was safe and I didn't, I didn't need a firearm in, in Washington state. Uh, that being said, fast forward a few years and I ended up uh, marrying a man that was an abuser. And, um, he, uh, at one point almost killed me. Um, and when I was sitting at the arraignment, his arraignment after the arraignment, well, let me back up. He was charged with a felony and the prosecutor wanted to drop the felony to a diversion agreement. And I said, I'm willing to testify against him. I don't, I don't want him doing this to anybody else. I want him to go to jail. And she said, are you sure? because most abusers or most victims don't testify against their, their victims or or against their abusers. And I said, yes, I am. And that is, she is right. That is true because they're terrified of them. They're scared of them. Uh, and, and the threats that were given, you know, they've been convinced that it's their fault all those times. So, uh, that was my first moment of alert. And then after the arraignment, two of the sheriffs in the area walked up to me and they asked me if I had a place to hide after, um, after his arraignment, and I was confused by that. I mean, I'm literally standing there black and blue with fingerprints around my neck from where he had picked me up off the ground and threw me across the room.
0: And where and you we at this point?
1: I was living in Kitsap County, Washington.
0: Kitsap County. Okay, so you so yeah. understand, folks, uh, far left-leaning dumpster fire of a, uh, of a plate.
1: It is. And it wasn't at that point. I mean, it was left-leaning, but it, but particularly the county I lived in with three military bases was fairly purple to red for the most part at this point. This was 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, and this is still what I was told. And I was confused by that. I said, well, yeah, I have a, I have a place to hide, but why? And they said, because the chances of violence significantly increasing after he's been arraigned because of course clearly it was my fault that i that he went to jail because i called the cops to get him to stop beating me that's their mentality abuser mentality um that was the moment i realized they nobody was coming to help me nobody the cops weren't you know they wanted me to hide they didn't want me to to learn to protect myself the the justice system failed me by giving him a diversion agreement. That was my first realization that they're in it for their win and loss record, that they could care less about victims of the justice system. And I realized at that point that I needed to take responsibility for my own safety.
0: Now, did he ever do any time? No, nothing, nothing. And Mm -hmm. almost killed you.
1: Almost killed me. Mm -hmm. So she's the reason that she justified dropping the charge from a felony to the holding charge to a felony um, for, to a misdemeanor was because he didn't actually physically use a weapon and and meaning a baseball bat or, you know, whatever. But he oh, weighed 100 know. pounds. When more I come than to
0: Kitsub County, I can beat someone to death with my hands. And that and that's OK. okay.
1: Right. But they're going to take away the other ability for you, especially as a woman, to be able to defend yourself. Most effective way to be able for us to defend ourselves against it. So, yeah, that was so they dropped it. They said, well, he didn't actually use a weapon. I said, he's 100 pounds heavier than me and a foot taller than me. And you're telling me that that's that those fists weren't a weapon when I'm sitting there with fractured teeth and literally from my eyes to my ankles, black, black and blue all over. And they didn't care. She cared about her win loss record and what she thought she could get, you know, is looking at, at her win loss record as opposed to justice for a victim.
0: So what happened to this scumbag later on in life?
1: well of course he ended up you know leaving his daughter's life which ended up being a blessing that was fine um and then he quit his job so he didn't have to pay child support right i'm not I'm i've got that classic story with with the with that guy so he's somewhere in missouri now i don't know don't care
0: <laughs> and and so so this this is not an unusual situation these people these abusers they tend to be sociopathic and narcissistic yeah then they tend to be people who can be very charming early on in the relationship so that you don't You don't pick up on that earlier in the relationship.
1: Yeah. That's a big argument I have, particularly in working in the gun world. There's a lot of ignorance about it. And there's a lot, well, just give her a gun. Well, it's not always that simple. And and uh sometimes I what we like to say with my organization is sometimes we have to help women understand their lives are worth defending before we can teach them how to defend that life because they've been mentally beaten down. Before they're physically beaten, they're mentally beaten down to be convinced that everything that happens to them is because of something they've done. And um, I was a very strong um, entrepreneur, uh, commercial real estate investor. You know, I was a lot of people would look at me and go, I can't believe that happened to you. And it's just as you said, you know, it's what they present in the beginning is not what it is afterward. And when I was in the hospital, it was on Thanksgiving when it happened. And the morning after it just it's not a coincidence that most hospitals have extra um, counselors and doctors that specialize in abuse victims on staff the day after Christmas and Thanksgiving, because those are the two holidays that tend to escalate uh, domestic abuse. But I remember the triage nurse looking at me and she said, how long has he been, been abusing you? And I, I lied to her. I said, this was the first time he hit. Me. And I didn't lie to her. I said, this was the first, actually I did, because that was the second time he'd hit me. But I said, this is the first time he'd hit me. And she looked at me and she smiled with this very kind, soft smile. She says, how long has he been abusing you? Yes. God. And so and that was the difference. And of course, I lost it, <laughs> you know, and it was you know, it had been six years that I would put up with abuse and he had hit me once before. And I said, if you ever do this again, you're going to jail. And he did. Uh, I, I put him in jail, but they wouldn't keep it there.
0: Yeah. And prior to prior to the abuse, I'm going to guess and say that he spent a lot of time demeaning you and telling you you were worthless and uh, how lucky you were to even have no. You-
1: Not at all. No, I was never told I was worthless. It was never that obvious. And that's kind of a disconnect with a lot in the in the in the out there. It's not that they tell you that you're worthless. It's that it's it's more subconscious. That's that I live in that more gaslighting type thing where
0: I um, I would
1: make. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I was going to say probably a lot of gaslighting.
1: Yeah. So a lot of people, what they call gaslighting isn't really gaslighting. And so it's it's out there like we see these terms. There's a lot of terms on the left and the right that people use nowadays that I'm like, (laughs) I just think hey, you keep using that word it does not mean what you think it means right so um I would make dinner and then he that wouldn't be right right nothing I did was good enough so then I wouldn't make dinner and then I was in trouble because I didn't make dinner right so it was nothing I could do was ever enough or good enough for him and um <clears throat> when we would get in arguments or things it would be the I'm sorry but if you had not have xyz I would not have had to do 123 So and that's a more common and very subtle. um, That's the very subtle kind of stuff. Um, There are women that obviously go through the more overt things like you're talking about being told that they're nothing without him and and those types of things. I I, that was not my personal experience.
0: Well, I'm very happy for you that you got out. I'm very thank you that you went through it, but I'm glad that you were one of the stronger women to get out thank you one of the things that keeps women locked into these things besides for the fact that they think that they're you know I brought it on it's part my fault and I was a cop years ago and I used to see this stuff all the time and and a therapist now and I know what what's going on Uh, but there's also this big fear of change and that is what's my life going to be like if I don't have him will I find somebody else and and People just need to have the courage to just say, I'm I'm more valuable than this. One of the great things I like about what you're doing, and we'll start talking about handguns, is a handgun is the great equalizer between the physical power of a male and a female. Yeah. Because you can shoot just as well as I can. Heck, you probably shoot better than I do. Better. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so taking that into an account, I don't have that advantage on you. Yeah, I, I might have height and and muscle on you, but I don't have an advantage to my ability to learn a weapon. You can learn that weapon just as well as I can learn that weapon. And one of the things I always struggle with, if the left is so pro-women, with the Democratic Party being focused on women's rights, they are the party for women's rights. Why would you not want to be empowering women to defend themselves? I don't understand this. And what's your play on that?
1: Well, Mark, I'm so glad you asked. Because, Because, as I mentioned earlier, we live in a culture of martyrdom for victims. And the two biggest pawns for gun control are women, uh, excuse me, domestic abuse victims like myself, survivors like myself, and children. And they would rather see women, abuse victims in particular, martyr themselves for the agenda of of control. Who have they weaponized the most for, for gun control? Women. They have literally weaponized women against their own best interests because there is... I mean hand-to-hand knives, there's all of these other great tools that are out there, but even those can put you at a disadvantage because the attacker is on top of you at that point. There is no better tool for self-defense for a woman than a firearm, in in my personal opinion, um, other than the mind, right? keeping it de-escalating and keeping yourself out, right? De-escalation is always the first the first goal um before you actually deploy deploy a any self-defense um tool. But using women. Because they know women get things done. Women are very, very powerful, especially when you put them together with one common voice. And and the left has been, in my opinion, much better at weaponizing women for political agenda. These women that are supporting gun control legitimately think they really believe that less guns is going to create a safer society. It's the people manipulating them from the backside that have the bigger agenda and have these women convinced that that's true.
0: Mm-hmm. you know it's interesting i believe that that the gun movement if you look at the anti-gun or the gun control movement it is totally anti-female very much so and it's anti-black
1: yeah it is well and anti any minority um you know we see a lot of asian hate crimes now and and um even even some Hispanic and Latino hate crimes you know I know there are, are, are legal Latinos in the country that are attacked because of the you know what we're seeing at the borders and stuff and assumptions made and things so uh in short what uh, my friends and I say a lot is that all gun control is racist, sexist, and ableist you know why would you take a gun away from somebody who's disabled? Why would you make it harder for somebody who's disabled to be able to use? um a firearm which for them it absolutely would be the best tool for self-defense that's that's just nonsense
0: i look at chicago and if you live in chicago if you live right downtown you have police protection around not that that's the safest place but you have police protection around but if you live in the south side of chicago and let's say you're just a hard-working african-american family living in the south side of chicago you probably could really benefit from having a legal handgun and from being able to carry a gun. But Chicago has made one. They've made the cost of application so high that a low-income family can't afford to apply for a gun permit. Then you go and you look at the gun board, because you have to go before the gun board to get approved, and you look at the gun board, and you see that the gun board rarely if ever approves a gun application from a black applicant
1: yes i know that used to be the case a lot more than it is now and that has a lot to do with the chicago um versus the case uh, ronda zell a good friend of mine she was a, a black female <clears throat> who was very active at changing some of that it is still very difficult and where they really try to get it more is on the cause you know the the financial side they want to. they exactly. want to disproportionately affect people that way. Um, my organization just qualified 24 women, uh, that could not afford training. We, we provide financial aid for women that can't afford training. Um, we, the female does, and we qualified, uh, 24 single mothers and domestic abuse survivors in Chicago recently for their firearms at no
0: charge. What's the cost to get it to, what's the entire dollar amount in to try to get a permit in Chicago?
1: Approximately $400. Give or take, um, you know, in the Chicago area, I think it's I can't I can get you the exact number if you want it afterward. But it's it's right around 400. Yeah, sure there are counties in California because it's all different depending on the county in California. I have a friend that lives in a county in northern California, and it's over eight hundred dollars all in education, permit fees, uh, uh, the application to get permission to get the permit, all of the crap that she has to go through. It's over eight hundred dollars that um cost to get a concealed carry permit and over a year
0: matt what is it you know what it costs here in michigan to i get think a gun it's gun about permit? five total when I mean, you pay for your training yeah, and you get the gun permit, everything plus cpl for and it's every five years you know? yeah i, I know they got to renew it it renews that much but initially is the renewal that much i haven't paid attention something and, and that, see that's and there's and there's yeah. a really good example sure. of it If you're if you're a well-to-do or a wealthy white guy and it's 500 bucks, you're not going to think about it. It's like, yeah, whatever. But the person who really needs it, the working bomb, the the, the black. Yeah. Yeah. The thing. That's a ton of money for them. Yes.
1: Yes. And it's and that's, you know, there is to me um, for all of the other things that we talked about gun control being it is painfully elitist painfully elitist. And so that's why my organization decided to do what we do, because no one, especially abuse survivors and single mothers who need it the most, should ever be denied the right uh, to a firearm, uh, period, but especially because they can't afford it.
0: So your group is helping people get it. What could we change legislatively to make it easier for women and minorities to get guns? I don't know that we'd ever get Democrats to agree to that, but yeah
1: well i mean obviously the 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 panned answer from the right side is get rid of gun control and repeal the n f a well it's it's never gonna be that simple, and that's you know
0: the Texas right. and Florida have solved the problem. you don't need a permit
1: well twenty seven states actually in the country have uh permitless carry Georgia just passed theirs before Florida did um in the last a year ago. Um, they got it. So that that is obviously part of it for sure. Um, I mean, if you wanted to look at it from a tactical, you know, uh, to to use the to, the overused term, honestly, uh, logistically tactical way, is that you would minimize the requirement for a woman who's being stalked or an abuse survivor to be able to have access more quickly, um, so that she could get that gun, or if somebody's able to say, hey, I'm, you know, been targeted a few times or whatever. I mean. That's probably going to be the best way to be able to to approach it, uh, as opposed to like some blanketed repeal of a gun law, which is probably not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but one of the things, and this is a huge issue, a lot with the conservative side of things as well, is that they don't always pay attention to what's going on either, and and there's a lot of hypocrisy on that side. With well, we know what's going on. We're constitutionalists. Blah blah. I'm like, but do you? Because the uh, bipartisan Safer Community Act that was just. Uh, passed which by the way was sponsored by marco rubio shame on you rubio shame on you um for being part of that and the rest of the 20 something republicans that voted for it um but the the big push and the big thing that everybody's talking about marketing wise is the fact that it defunds public schools that have hunting and archery programs archery which um, clearly that's mass archery issues oh, violences okay. right but what was also in it that people aren't talking about that makes me hot because i understand very intimately how red flag laws can impact to be uh, negatively impact abuse victims is there was also funding in that bipartisan safer community act that is essentially bribe money to the states to enact and promote red flag laws in in the states and um that that is a huge problem and it kind of it kind of irks me a little bit that we're not seeing that talked about more prominently
0: the red flag laws are a disaster and and yeah. Get your opinion on it. Here's the, what concerns me on the red flag laws is one. Um, now let's flip the script, and let's say you have a guy who has a crazy girlfriend because she can be abusive. Yes. And he wants to get away from her, and she calls the police to say, "Oh, he's got a gun and he's threatening me," and he's done no such thing.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So now his rights are stripped without even a trial. Right. The other thing that concerns with the red flag laws is um, someone is dealing with, let's say, chronic depression and they need to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist and get on some antidepressant drugs, which is what we want them to do. Or we want them to come and see us for some therapy, but all of a sudden red flag law, wait a minute, this guy's nuts. You can't have a gun with this guy. He's seeing a therapist. So what happens is people don't go get therapy They don't go get medication that they need to have, because of fear of losing their constitutional rights.
1: Yeah, I talked about that. In fact, that's I went viral a few years ago. It's what kind of threw me into this world talking about that when um, Washington State passed sixteen thirty nine, and now in in Washington State now, of course, it has escalated since that point. Now there's red flag laws. They you know 16 this was 1639 was prior to and we'll put a pin in that because i'll educate your your listeners about red flag laws because there's a lot of people that don't understand some of the nuance with that with abuse but um in washington state now the minute you sign the 4473 the form that liberals think doesn't exist to buy a gun (laughs) that's a federal background check uh it is a waiver of your medical record in washington state and you can be denied the purchase of a firearm based on what they see. And I spoke about that as a, an abuse survivor that did what I was supposed to do. I went to therapy and I had those four magic letters on my my health record, PTSD. And so I said, for those of you that, that voted for this, you just put me in a position that I may not be able to defend myself against my abuser, which all my friends knew that guy. They were all, I owned a day spa at the time and they knew him. I said, and he's stalking me and they knew he was stalking me. So it hit different for him, right? It hit emotionally as opposed to logically. They're like, I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, because you didn't read it. You, you actually didn't read the bill and that's why you didn't know. So the next year, then of course they, they enact a red flag law to, to piggyback um, off of that. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't know is that the red flag law has been in place for years before people knew what they were or extreme risk protection order ERPOs. They're often referred to or ERPOs depending on your state, but they were put in place um, at a federal level in the violence against women's act back in the nineties. So, um, abuse abusers, uh, alleged abusers um, would have their guns taken away, even then in a red flag and an abuse case. So see, they've been using abuse victims for gun control for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the the bipartisan Safer Community Act, one of the other things it was the, the buying uh, people for red flag, right, buying the states bribing them for to pass red flag laws, but it was also what is called the boyfriend clause, the boyfriend clause, is essentially what you're talking about somebody can be so where under the, the VAWA the Violence Against Women Act they it, you had to be domestic partners living in the same home the boyfriend clause now says that anyone dating someone can can you know be red flagged essentially and I'm paraphrasing that obviously and that can go both ways right a woman who doesn't want to go back out with a man Uh, you know, and he, if he knows that she's got guns that can be used against her. And of course, like you said, vice versa, a woman who decides that she doesn't want, um, uh, that she wants to continue to see this guy and he doesn't want to see her. She can pull that card as well. So that's, that's a huge problem, um, that we don't see. And in my organization is one of the few that actually advocates for male domestic abuse, um, survivors too. one in three women in their lifetime will experience abuse and one in seven men. But men are less likely to talk about it. It's one of the more higher reasons for suicide among them.
0: Yeah, I, I completely get that. I know someone in Kitsap County right now mm-hmm. with a, who had a uh, permit to carry. Yeah. Was accused by someone with a criminal background who is an alcoholic, was accused of brandishing the weapon, who didn't brandish the weapon and was accused of brandishing the weapon. Mm-hmm. And she is now stuck in a a loop of hell in Kitsap County Court now. They've stuck yeah. into a diversion program mm-hmm. where they're they're literally just abusing this person and torturing this person every way they can come up with.
1: Oh, and, and don't forget fining her you know, the expense oh, yeah. that it's costing her at every turn, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Behind court costs. Have to show up in court every week, have to do you know, UA, you know, do urine drops, and yep. It's insane what you're doing.
1: But meantime all based on an accusation, too, right? Just an accusation. We have no proof.
0: An accusation by a known felon against who was former law enforcement. And meanwhile, in the same county, you can Go basically go to the Walgreens store and empty the shelves into a garbage bag. Yes. And they'll let you walk out the door.
1: Yeah. Or you're only fined $40 for um, fentanyl or something like that. Like like you can, um, if you're caught in possession of fentanyl, it's hardly any punishment at all.
0: So I'll get your opinion. I believe the reason this person is being treated like they are is because it is a firearm charge.
1: Absolutely. I would. I could I prove that? No. Do I think that's it? One hundred percent, especially since I know a lot of the judges in this county and I know how they personally feel about firearms. Um, I can absolutely tell you that their personal bias against firearms absolutely plays into the decisions that they make to do this. I know. And I know them. I'm saying this as somebody who's spent social time with a significant number of the judges in this county.
0: This this makes a lot of sense because. I look at the, you know, I, I realize what's going on in Washington and what a dumpster fire that is. <laughs> and, and yes. Yet, they've got somebody in a court system here that they're they're doing everything possible to try to make this person violate the program.
1: Right. They they want to set you up for failure so that they can say that their system is succeeding and keeping guns out of the hands of bad people. But you're literally setting somebody up to be a bad person. And that's that whole martyrdom thing. I mean, this is a woman who's been accused by a man. I had a volunteer for my organization. She got away from her abuser. Um, he kept bothering, got out of the state. He kept bothering her, bothering her, bothering her. Um, she, one night on the phone, she turns off her phone so that he would leave her alone. And all of a sudden two, three o'clock in the morning, whatever it was, the cops show up at her door, scares the hell out of her when it wakes her up, of course. And so she goes to the door with a gun, not knowing what's going on. Right. I would, you know, in that situation, terrified 2 AM in the door, you hear all this noise and the cops were there and think, Thank God that these cops were rational and didn't automatically react, which, you know, we can see sometimes. Um, and, and not that I blame them. Somebody showing up with a gun. Right. They want to protect themselves. Um, but he her abuser had called the cops to say she was suicidal and had a gun and that she needed a wellness check and, and hoping under these red flag laws. So he knew this. Right. He was smart. The sociopathic side that she would be disarmed so that um, so that he could get to her where she didn't have a firearm.
0: In this woman's case, the court issued a PPO on her to stay away from him? Of course. (laughs) And he's contacting her.
1: Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they'll do nothing about it. Sorry. Nothing we can do about it. The only thing that she could do is go get a restraining order back on him herself and then try to get him on violation of that. But
0: I wonder if they'd even give it to her.
1: If she used the right language, probably, and could show documentation, you know, if if she's got this order and she can look at him and say, hey, I've been trying to stay away from him, but he won't leave me alone. So how big of a threat? It, he obviously doesn't feel that threatened, but I'm beginning to become worried because I can't. Do- it's all about the language she uses. If she was a cop, she knows that. So she has to use the right words and then she can get one issue to her.
0: Yeah, she's got a whole string of text messages of him trying yeah. her to come over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she can get one or possibly even get the one that she has against her revoked and have that thrown out. But she's got to decide to get really aggressive. And oftentimes when women in particular are put in these situations, they don't because they're afraid of bringing too much, uh, uh, you know, fire down on them for trying to get a gun back. But
0: well, she's been so abused by this judge that I think she's afraid to do anything that calls attention to herself.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my point. And it's probably a female judge. It is. Yeah, you of course it know is. Who it is. I probably do. know. I was going to say once once this is over, you'll have to tell because I bet I know who it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's unfortunate that that's because their their personal bias that's into that, that they would rather see her become a victim and a martyr. And then they can say, see, guns are bad. Right. It's all that justification as opposed to saying that it is the one tool that can, that can level the playing field.
0: Now, have you seen the uh, the new law that they're trying to get in California right now? And uh, of course, California is constantly working on insane laws. Right. I was like, which one? <laughs> I realized after I said that. Oh, I better clarify that. <laughs> particular one is to make it a felony for healthcare providers to turn in an abuser.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I saw, I read that I, I saw that it was two female democrats by the way and the theory behind that in fact I had a I had a a, a very lively conversation with with John a uh, lot about this. In that because there is truth to what they do say and sometimes it's hard for people to see that there can be two things true at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: even those of us that are are sometimes more objective when when we when we there's emotion that gets involved and so with this law the, the theory is that if they decriminalize mandatory reporting so the the law is that now so most states have when a woman goes in and there's suspected abuse it's a mandatory report to um to the to the law enforcement now Can that be abused too? Yes, it can. Right. It kind of, it kind of leads into red flag laws and stuff, but the theory behind them doing this is that more women will go seek medical attention because they're not doing it now because they don't want their abuser reported. Is there truth to that? Yes. A lot of women won't go get medical attention when they need it because they're, they're, because they're afraid of their re- abuser being reported. And here's the thing, here's the disconnect that, that kind of irks me um, with a lot of people that just refuse to listen to this, even some law enforcement. Well, she must she, she obviously doesn't want to leave. No, 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 that's not necessarily the case. A lot of times she's too scared to leave because he's got her threatened, she's financially bound, whatever the reason, uh, there could be a plethora of reasons. Oftentimes they'll say, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. And then the women have guilt about that. Or they'll say, if you leave me, I'll kill your family. Um, I had a a woman we helped that was her family was threatened and she ended up staying. So um, there's a lot of reasons why they wouldn't. So I I get where they're going with that. But at the end of the day, sometimes if they can get the right staff at a hospital, it will actually help a woman get out of her abusive situation. And so the entire concept of this is just absurd. And even though there's a small shred of truth to it in the bigger game, it is only going to hurt abuse survivors.
0: So a little pro tip on the uh for the audience on the suicide thing. a lot of people will try to manipulate relationships by saying, I'm just going to kill myself if yeah I'm over if you don't pay attention to me, whatever the case is. um here's a little clue for you, folks If you leave me, that's a big one. real people who people who really commit suicide do not announce it that is correct, So rare. If you do an analysis of actual suicide victims, you will find no one seen it coming. There was no, there was no, I'm going to threaten. There's no calling people to tell them you're killing yourself. They just quietly go and do it. So when somebody tells you, well, if you don't do what I'm saying, I'm going to kill myself. My response is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Would you like me to call the police or get you an ambulance so that you can go to a mental health hospital, since obviously you're in crises?
1: Right. And And that's my response to people as well. Well, and I agree with you um, 100 percent. Obviously, that's and and we've got data for that to show that that's a fact. That being said, what happens with abuse and this is where it gets more nuanced. It's never as black and white with abuse victims is they have been mentally Abused for so long that reality starts to become gray for them. They don't understand it. And um, so it, it's not that they don't think that they'll do it, is that they still think it's their fault that the guy's even talking about it, right? And so the shift of the psychological impact is different. And and that's where they can still get them convinced. And usually, usually there's a financial uh bondage that go that's going on with a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, my ex continued to try to do that and I ended up growing professionally which is what actually tipped the tipped the scale for him to expose himself enough for me to get away um because the more financial freedom i had the more successful i became with with business obviously he the less he could control me mm-hmm. and um so there's usually a lot more going on than just that in the situation but the one that that often gets them is i'll i'll hurt the children or i'll hurt your family you know that's that's a big one but and then it's always the i'm sorry but if you had not said this then i wouldn't have had to have done that and after time after time you start to believe that
0: yeah what i hear with the suicide is well i have to do something because what if he kills himself i don't want to be the i don't want to be the yeah to kill himself and yeah trying to explain to people no he's not going to kill himself but should right chance he kills himself you did not do that right this is a mentally ill individual and you need to understand this is just a manipulation device.
1: Yes, yes, and it's it's yeah, and you're one hundred percent correct. It just it's it unfortunately it's hard for a lot of abuse victims to see that clearly.
0: It it is mind boggling. Um, women get themselves in in such situations, and and mostly not their fault. I don't think it's I don't think it's ever the woman's fault that she. Gets involved. I
1: was going to say, because I'm going to I'm going to have to correct you on that for like, Stephen leading in with the fact that women get themselves into these situations, you know, that that in itself can set it up to sound like you're blaming, a blaming a woman for the situation. I, I, saying,
0: I don't believe the women are to fault because most of these men's men are are very adept at being manipulative, very much so. But we need women to have more confidence and get and feel more empowered to get out of the situations.
1: We do, but it starts. It's, it's it even starts even earlier than that. I mean, it's it starts with, with behaviors in childhood and the way we're treated as children, and all of these things can factor in. A lot of times you'll find abuse victims had some sort of excessive disciplinarian situation or abusive fathers or some sort of, if not ab- abusive in the, the traditional term, they had ex- exceptionally controlling fathers, and so they're subconsciously attracted to that, or they watched their mother abused. Uh, you know, so there, the patterns usually go farther back. Not always, n- not always, but um, that can that can tend to be a, a pattern. As a you know, working in, in mental health, I'm sure that you probably have seen those patterns. So, um, but one of the biggest things that I talk about in a lot of my classes, including one that's just a mindset class that has nothing to do with with self defense tools at all, is I. You know, we as women are taught to trust our instincts, listen to our instincts, um, you know, listen to our gut. But then when we do, we're constantly dismissed. And I asked, I asked this in class, I say, ladies, when you're at, I said, you're told to trust your instinct. But what happens when you speak up when you do? And I don't say anything, but the the room lights up. And I, I've yet to have this thousands of women across the country have taught in every single class. The women look at each other because one woman will finally speak up because she's afraid to say something. And she says, well, I'm told I'm overreacting. And then the room lights up. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my gosh, I'm told I'm being a a, a, a B word. I'm told that I'm being dramatic. I just need to stop being paranoid. And these women all look at each other and they validate themselves because we're told to trust our instincts. But when we do, then we're dismissed. And sometimes that's by our significant others. It's by our family members. It's by our friends. It's by society or whatever. And they women have gotten in the mindset now where they question themselves and will continue to put themselves in a position because they have have even though they've been told to trust their instincts they have also been subconsciously programmed from the back to to dismiss it because they're just being paranoid. And so things that we would normally keep ourselves from being a victim whether in an abuse situation uh where where you, as you said they can be incredibly you know all of them are narcissists and some of them even goes into that sociopathic level um where they can completely charm you to that you don't see it coming um and even those little flags that you would normally we're told to listen to, we're going to dismiss because, oh, we're just being paranoid or we're we're overreacting. All people are like that, but I have found that it absolutely disproportionately affects women.
0: Hey, everybody, I want to take a minute to tell you about a product called Daily Zen. With with everything that goes on in the news today, um, guess what happens? We have something called a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system. All of this craziness going on drives our parasympathetic nervous system. And that means, to put it plain, we're in this fight-or-flight mode all the time. Well, we need to get out of that. And things like meditation help and the right nutrition helps. And sometimes what helps is just turning the news off. Well, I want to tell you about a product. It's from Vitalia Life, V-A-T-E-L-L-I-A, life.com. It's called Daily Zen. Now, this is, and as you guys know, if you listen to this show, I'm, I'm really into longevity and really understand uh, a, good pra- a great knowledge of nutrition, to be honest with you. The formula, the blend on this stuff is amazing of what's in it. It is a great formula. Now, what this will do for you, just so you understand, this will act as an anti-inflammatory which our bodies become very inflamed from all the stress. It reduces that stress and it increases, it will help increase serotonin. And why do you want to do that? Because serotonin will make you feel better. So this is called Daily Zen. And I hope you'll try it out and I hope you'll let us know how it goes for you. It's Vitalia Life. Go to BluntForceTruth.com. Look in the show notes. You'll find a link there to it. Use the uh, discount code BFT like blunt force truth, get ten percent off, or sign up for the um, the subscription, and I think you get your first month for free. Go get it; you're gonna love this stuff. And if there's ever a time in history that we need to, something to zen us out, it is right freaking now. So good luck with it. Thanks. Now I think one of the problems, and. and- Right now I'm going to talk about um, uh, younger generation. So I'm going to say early, you know, late Xers, millennials, Z. I think one of the big problems is we now have young men growing up who have no idea how to be a man. They, They know how to be male. They do not know how to be a man. They have no role models. I mean, think about, think about what we call role models today. What some of these guys pick as a role model, somebody out of the NBA, who's, you know, fathered kids with, you know, six women or something. And that's my role model, or we have no discipline. We have smoking weed all the time. We have a lack of physical exercise and a lack of building physical strength. Um, we're we're destroying i believe we're destroying uh the men in this country because a a real man does not abuse women i've never hit a woman in my entire life and i will take that back i hit a woman once when i was a cop because she actually jumped on my partner's back and was beating him with something and i hit her to take him off but i've never hit a woman in my life why no man would would even consider that would even cross a a respectable male's mind it wouldn't even cross their mind but we're not teaching men to do that you get on i'm sure you've seen this you get on a a shuttle airplane airport shuttle and you watch the you know 80 year old woman holding on to the strap while some 22 year old guy sitting on a bench yeah it's like what the hell's wrong with you stand up
1: Right. Yeah, but unfortunately, the that's actually coming from both sides, the left and the right. Um, one side, it's because they're emasculated, uh, and the other side is because, and I'm starting to see this as a trend, definitely more in the the millennial and Gen Zers, especially the the Gen Zers and millennials that are more conservative and on the right, are. And I can I can actually send you screenshots of this and, and to prove this, because um, when I'll post about things, the you know how women are being treated or whatever, there's a lot of mentality coming in, and of course, right, everybody's braver behind a keyboard. Um, that well, you voted for this, you're getting what you got. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole movement from the conservative side. Um, in that like, we want to go back to and there's some women that support this too. We want, it's called the, the trad couples, right? Or traditional couples or traditional wives or traditional husbands. And even to the point where a lot of them um want to repeal the women's right to vote, the 19th Amendment. And I'm thinking, but they're pro-2A. I'm like, do you realize that that's women? That's your best yeah and right now (laughs) but but because the pendulum
0: hmm? that's not being a real man either that's being a neanderthal
1: well right but that's that's the pendulum right so on one side so i like to make the joke that and i'm talking in extremes right because i know some of the listeners be like i'm not like that and i'm like well if it doesn't apply to you it doesn't apply to you spoiler alert but um (laughs) but but on the extreme sides of this you have one side where the men want to get in our spaces because they want to be us and on the other side you have these men trying to uh, encourage and promote um you know women uh not speaking up and being quiet and going back to that traditional life and I'm like here's here's a, a spoiler alert for you ladies that think the 1800s were some glamorous thing where you stay home and homeschool your kids you also couldn't have your husband charged with beating you you <laughs> well, know that. so like there's huh well there was that what'd you say
0: so there was right, that. that little but thing other, right you but know other well, than that well, maybe
1: you know, maybe you shouldn't have worn that skirt into town, right? On the horse or whatever. But I'm like, I don't think you guys think some of this means what it means, right? But but again, and, and I know that you, you know, dealing with this type of stuff all day, right? There's there's never, the pendulum has to go one way or it has to go the other, right? So the right is th- this extremist attitude. It's called the manosphere. Check it out. You'll be like, holy crap. And it's all being pushed by that dude, Andrew Tate, oh. if you know who that guy is. Yeah, it's that, it's that. But that culture is gaining momentum. And that's disturbing because these men are like, well, you voted for this so maybe you're just getting what you deserved and i'm like yo like do you not see what you're saying here my guy you're literally exposing yourself as an abuser
0: in some regards i think the left has created some of this situation not that the rights helped absolutely but when we look for instance when we look at uh, testosterone levels in young men today their testosterone levels are on average 40 percent less than their grandfathers at the same age yeah. And we're now seeing, and this is an amazing stat that I just got over the weekend. We're now seeing that the average 25-year-old male right now has the same testosterone level as his 60-year-old grandfather. So we're not only psychologically uh stripping men of who they should be, we are physiologically stripping men of who they should be part of this is diet some of its environment and some of it is psychological because testosterone Mm -hmm. has a big psychological uh component to it but here's a question i have for you when we look at these mass shootings and of course everybody wants to have the 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 cure for mass shootings of course is to ban ar-15s but the real cure for mass shootings is to just ban all guns because all the criminals will rush into the police department and turn their guns in When you make it illegal that'll that's that'll be easy so you'll collect those 400 million guns without any problem when i look at mass shootings and i see who a lot of these people are now clearly these are people with mental health issues clearly these are people who and i always try to tell people there is a huge difference between crazy and stupid crazy is i'm going to do a mass shooting stupid would be i'm going to go do it in a not gun-free zone so first right. notice that they're not stupid.
1: <laughs> <You're right. Yes. laughs> not stupid yeah crazy and stupid can be mutually exclusive and often are
0: <laughs> so i'm not going to go down to you know to the firearms class to hold yeah. my shooting yeah going to go to a gun free zone and and we saw that in like colorado that colorado shooter drove past what two or three movie theaters yes the movie theater he wanted to go to because the other movie theaters had a ban on handguns right or didn't have a ban on handguns didn't
1: have a ban he yeah
0: go, he wanted to go to the theater where you couldn't have a handgun so you can be crazy and not be stupid at the same time two things can be true as you were saying two
1: things absolutely can be true and and that's and that exactly right there i feel like that statement you know, and I talk about this a lot, too, especially with the world I work in, with being abuse victims, and how we have to have some certain sensitivities to understand uh, abuse victims and the mentality, but still support gun rights. Like two things can be true at one time, but we've become so separated by identity politics that there nobody can see past their own side and to see that two things can be true at one time. And that's that's not just politically. That's I'm sorry.
0: Everything is binary. It's honorable Correct,
1: correct. Every literally, which except gender. <laughs> but that's a whole other podcast, right? So we also have
0: um we one also thing that have... actually is binary.
1: <laughs> you mean when you go on, on uh Amazon to buy a shirt that says gender is, is fluent and you have to buy it to male or is women or men's t shirt? <laughs>
0: Yes. Let me help you out. There are XX chromosomes and there are XY chromosomes.
1: Yeah. Well, that's just a construct. Shame on you for even thinking Absolutely, otherwise. I just yeah. don't understand why. Look, you're pressing me. Okay. So, <laughs> but we have in the, <laughs> we have in the, um, you know, a lot of these manifests, right? These, these mass shooters, right? Their journals or their manifestos, whatever, where they've literally talked about specifically targeting places where soft targets, right? Where people don't, have firearms so refer they refer
0: to them as target rich environments
1: absolutely they are absolutely they are and you know and then you i mean there's a the whole rabbit hole we could go down about open carry versus concealed carry i don't open carry because i have nice stuff and i don't want you knowing what i own and i don't,
0: I don't <laughs> like open carry I, I won't do it myself because i want to have the i want to have the surprise on you
1: right and that's i mean in those environments if you are open carrying you're going to be the first one right that they're open you know carry, that you're, they would target going to be first Correct. I don't think it should be illegal. I think that's silly. And and Washington State is a great example of the disconnect and ignorance. I've actually had this out with people and actually shown them in my day spot because I carried all the time. I was never without a gun. Um, once once those cops told me to hide, I was like, Oh, okay, I see the way this is gonna be. So um, and it was well, I just don't understand why people need to open carry, you know. And I said, Do you realize the difference between opening? It's literally whether you can see it or not. And the chances of you sitting, even in a state like Washington where um, there may not be a lot I, here in this state, the penalty for not carrying um, or for carrying concealed without a permit is, is really about as severe as a traffic ticket. And um, it's so there's a lot of people that carry here that without a permit. <laughs> um, so the chances of somebody sitting in a restaurant at any point you're probably pretty high that somebody's carrying a gun. You just don't know it. So therefore you're not afraid because you don't see it. So what does that really tell you? It really tells you that you're just afraid of the inanimate object because you've been told to be, not because it's an actual threat.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would not, I will never open carry. Yeah, I don't. Because I I know that in a shooting situation, I'm the first target. Right, right. And uh, I don't need you to know that I'm the first target, nor do I need you to know what it is I'm going to use on you.
1: Exactly, exactly. The only time I open carry, which is I use that term loosely, is when I'm actually on the range teaching.
0: I've done that all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I and then my, I don't. But
0: back to my I've point on the mass shooters. Yeah. How much of this mass shooting and I'm not I want you to say I'm not making excuses for mass shooters. Sure, sure. But my question is how much of this mass shooting has the left fomented by convincing young men that being a white male in this society makes you the scourge of society and makes you amongst the most undesirable people groups in america today i believe that some of these young men who clearly have mental issues yeah are being exacerbated by what is being pushed on them by the left
1: i i agree and i think that that's just like we see a lot of the men who who are not obviously mass shooters but right they're pushing back from that far right trad you know what i mean a little bit of a misogynistic attitude on that side that's the extreme um that from the left that uh some of them who just aren't completely together for whatever reason, left or right, right, this is this is a nonpartisan issue, will absolutely be pushed to that point where they feel like they've got no other option. And, and again, like you, I'm not justifying the action, but at some point, people have to acknowledge um, that this behavior and this pattern of behavior is coming from somewhere. But, you know, if we really want to say it out, if we want to say it out loud, you know, I'll be the one to do it. Uh, but at the end of the day, what this really comes down to is they, and we all know who they are, they are going to keep killing our babies until they take our guns.
0: I believe, first off, I, every time somebody posts something on Twitter about mass shooters, and, you know, when it, it, whoever it is, Biden or Liz Warren, whoever the case is, and we need to get gun control, my response to all of those is end gun free zones. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Ending gun-free zones would be the fastest thing that would have, that would be the single move you could make that would have the biggest impact on mass shootings.
1: 100%. It's almost as though somebody wrote a book about that, you know, something about, I don't know, what was it? More guns, less crime? Yeah, guns, Weird, less crime. right? Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but yeah, get rid of the gun-free zones. And, and what else would you do? What else would you do? Because i believe that mass shootings are being used as a marketing tool
1: they are yeah absolutely they are
0: so how would you address this how would you address mass shooting <clears throat> uh,
1: well i think that what i have noticed because i do get a lot of liberal and centrist to liberal leaning women in my firearms classes if you're sitting them down and, and, and first of all, just destigmatizing a firearm for is huge, right? Because of what they've been told versus what they actually see, that, that is huge. But that being said, it is very difficult to get them, to, right? We have to be able to get them to the point where they're willing to take that class to begin with. And that's something that we don't, you know, that's almost impossible. But at the end of the day, right, it all comes down to education. But we have this mentality on the right where facts over logic, facts over logic, or facts over feelings, excuse me, facts and logic over feelings, facts over feelings. I, and I have come to find.
0: Truth. It's my truth, it's my reality. Correct. We don't need to worry so, about, about objective reality. We only need to worry about my about
1: my truth, which which feeds into that martyrdom complex that I spoke of earlier. So, but here is what I've come to discover, and my aha moment came when I can I a few years back confronted Kamala Harris in Seattle uh, when she was here on our, her presidential campaign, and uh, Bob Ferguson was sitting right next to her, the Washington State AG. And by the way, Washington State, he is going to be your next governor. And if you thought gun problem, you thought gun control was bad, now wait till he's governor. So, um, I confronted her and, you know, whatever, obviously it went nowhere, but, um, in fact, she treated me a lot of the way she did, um, that lovely lady, I cannot remember her name. She's a state representative, the Latina lady Luna is her last name from, uh, uh, Florida. That's the way she shoved us off. It's very similar. But um, I was in the restroom of this public venue afterward, and these women, their her fangirls were ga 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 over her. And, and I walked out washing my hands, and all I looked at them and said was, you know, it was really unfortunate she wouldn't talk to a domestic abuse victim about red flag laws. That's all I said. They immediately went into their talking points, immediately went in, oh, you know, defending her. And I said, well, I'm the domestic violence victim, and a red flag law can be used against me by the man stalking me to keep me from getting a tool to defend myself with mm-hmm. and they were nonplussed they went silent and as i and i walked out right it was kind of a mic drop moment so i of i was like we're just gonna let that hang in the air and i walked out um and as i was on my way home i was processing this and it hit me their need to show me that, that right the social justice warrior mentality their need to show me that, that they were more empathetic to me as a victim was more important than their their rehearsed talking points and so i started using that technique with with people i knew that were anti-gun uh especially liberal women um where i show them a speech that i describe what happened to me when i got beaten um because it's pretty brutal and uh um one of them in particular she says oh my god i would have shot it and i said would you And she realized what she said, right? So uh, a month later, I had a gun in her hand. So what I found is sometimes you have to use their own proverbial weapon against them. One of the beauties of being in America, one of the things we are blessed to have is that our unalienable right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is guaranteed to us in in our Constitution. And that is a wonderful blessing we have. However, it can also create a very self-focused society. And so therefore, my pursuit of happiness is going to be different than your pursuit of happiness. And because of that, people don't always react until they see that something is going to affect them personally, or you can push that emotional button for them. And I found that that is kind of the secret sauce that I have to getting women on board with even just changing their mind about what even entertaining the idea of changing their mind about gun control. So facts over logic are great. And obviously, I work with with John Lott, who lives in that world, but he brought me in because he sees how I'm able to work that other side and get people to back off of that, that hardcore emotional line, because I come back in at them with that emotional, well, you know, that gun is what keeps me from preventing myself from being beaten again.
0: So, Oh, I, I, I never at it that way. There. Talking, What's that? I'm sorry. You're talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. I want to give people a little history there. The, the word happiness was inserted at the last minute.
1: Yes. <laughs> word, I'm a huge history nerd, so yes.
0: <laughs> the original word that was there was property. Mm-hmm. Life, yep. liberty, and the pursuit of property. Mm-hmm. But the founding fathers realized that that wouldn't make sense for some people in society. And that's right. it was at the last minute, switched to happiness. But what people miss, they miss the nuance. And the nuance is... Not that you have the right to happiness, it is that you have the right to pursue happiness. Exactly. And we have now nobody owes you happiness. But we have now construed that to I have a right to be happy. I have a constitutional right to be happy. The government needs to make me happy. And no, you have the right to go pursue happiness however you see it provided you do not violate the happiness of the person next to you.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: it's
1: just thank something. you. Thank you for coming to our Ted talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we tend to do that on this show. We tend to get, in yeah. <laughs> cause, cause I, I'll tell you, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why, Carrie, because so much of the media today is focused on sound bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yes, very much so.
0: To, it, to try to go, you know, Let's go a couple of inches wide and, and a mile deep instead of all of this, you know, an inch deep on everything. And all people come away with is a talking point. Yes. Talking points are the reason why, you know, if it wasn't for talking points and liberal media, there's no way Joe Biden would even have a 39 percent approval. Yeah. I mean, you think think about this over 60, almost 70 percent of the nation believes that the charges against donald trump are politically motivated that is in spite of 90 percent of the media telling you that isn't the case yeah imagine what society would 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 think if we had an honest media it would it would be so different
1: it would be different and you know and i love when people want to question me i say you know you're welcome to google this yourself but could you look but past the first three uh things that you find right wikipedia is always you know being one of them which is you know, you know trust Wikipedia. Story. yeah oh anybody who gives me wikipedia as a I, the conversation's immediately over if that's their story the minute that they say well here's my story i'm like you're like this is over
0: because you're not clearly like that not... default of godwin's law
1: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely I'm like okay thank you for your time uh or you know the the general insult thank you for your service (laughs) you know we're out of here like this has just gotten ridiculous so and and that is it's absolutely true and and you know this is not new the thing about it is that it's not necessarily new a lot of people like well kids these days i'm like this has kind of been a setup for a long time and one very uncomfortable truth a lot of people don't like to hear is that democrats and the liberal side have been better at the long game much better at the long game than the right and Republicans. They've been planning all this stuff since the, long the 50s. Of socialism, especially you know, in particular with um, you know the department Jimmy Carter and the Department of Education. Right, that's Making that's one of the numbers, biggest cruxes. It's
0: 1979.
1: Correct, and so, but arguably even sooner. And a lot of people, especially the anti, the the far right people that want to take away women's right to vote, a lot of them will argue that it's because of the 19th Amendment. And while I don't think that there's necessarily some, that's all, I think there's some truth to that. I think that, again, as you're saying, they're looking at it from a myopic position um, where the Democrat party uh, knew that and and pushed for it because they know how women's voices can get things done, whereas the right side didn't um, promote, like, educate that's not the right word I want to use, but um, for lack of a better word, and please forgive me for using this because I don't like saying people are used. But they didn't. The 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 right didn't understand how to use a woman's voice as well as the left did, uh, even as arguably uh, as far back as 1920. They didn't. They didn't empower and now we're women we're paying the price.
0: The right did not correct. Empower women correct.
1: Women. They did, but the liberals, but the liberal side did, and yeah. that's a lot of where we've come to the point where we are. Um, now the one thing I will say that I do see and being one myself, I'm a gen, I'm a gen Xer, right? The ones everybody forgets about, Hey, we're over here. Right. I'm, you know, I'll be 50 next year. Um, is that the gen X woman is the one that is, we're the ones that are like, whoa, 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 we're not far right, but we're not far left, but y'all on the left keep pushing us. Right. Like it's that. And I think a lot of people are like that, but the women in particular, because we, from my generation and moving forward, we've gotten much more vocal about our boundaries and about speaking out against these things. And so it's just going to be a matter of time where I think you're going to start seeing more right leaning or or to the far right women starting to be like, no, 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 no. We're not taking this, but you know, what's really going to push it as we're beginning to see. And I think that this next round of COVID crap is really going to push it is you start messing with our kids. So we know now that's when the mamas get pissed. And, you know, the whole mama bear concept, listen, I mama, that's all great. And I'm all about that. But have you ever seen a mama raccoon? like mama trash pandas they're crazy so i i'm like they're they're on the offense and i'm like be 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 the trash panda ladies be don't be the mama bear be the mama raccoon we
0: now know that the tsa has been notified that mask wearing will be coming back that there's going to be another round of COVID. And, and let me remind people of something uh when we look at when we look at things like pandemics from a biological standpoint they they tend to happen roughly every 100 years not every yeah. 24 months
1: not every election cycle
0: <laughs> and we we're are about, we're about to have another pandemic yeah they're going to try to hoist one on us yeah uh, and it's I'm I'm fascinated to see how compliance will go this this time I believe most people will comply by the way
1: I agree with you. And I've had some arguments with some friends of mine about this, especially like the liberty libertarian community, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, they're like, I don't buy it. And I'm like, um, after being up here in Washington state and seeing how many people never stopped complying from three years ago. Absolutely. Most people will comply, especially and this is where, you know, if if we're going to give some tough love, this is where the right people on the right really are guilty of capitulating because they feel like they're gonna, you know, well, I have no choice. I was going to lose, lose my job. No, no, no. You have a choice. You just, and I'm not saying the choice was an easy choice. I'm not saying that it wasn't going to negatively impact your life, but you had a choice. You had a, and a girlfriend of mine lost her job over it. I mean, well, I knew a lot of people that lost their jobs over it, one in particular because she refused and she ended up becoming ostracized in her community because of it, because she refused to get that. I did. I mean, I got death threats and all kinds of crazy stuff that happened to me when I owned my day spa. It was the impetus for why I shut it down and started doing what I do full time. But um I absolutely, especially being up here in Washington State, can tell you most people will, the liberal side will absolutely capitulate. And I think a disturbing number of conservatives will will also capitulate because they don't, quote unquote, I don't have a choice.
0: Yeah, we went we went through the same thing on on this show in May of 2020. We actually did a show in May of 2020 where we told people where the virus came from, that it came from. We told them how it got here. We told we had biologist friends of mine on the show who explained in great detail that there that it is an impossibility to make an effective vaccine against it. And the friends I had on were the people who were charged with making the vaccine to SARS-CoV-1. So they'd already done it, knew it couldn't happen. We made it that the side effects of a vaccine would be greater than the disease itself. And we also explained to people that it is the nature of viruses to morph into far less deadly versions of themselves because the goal of a virus is to survive. So killing the host isn't how viruses survive. So even if a if a novel virus comes out that kills people, it will quickly morph into something that is far less deadly so that it can survive. Yeah. So that is how you treat a pandemic, not by hoisting an experimental drug yeah. that is going to have Massive cost and massive problems with myocarditis and other heart issues that we haven't even seen all of the fallout from yet. And oh, if,
1: fertility rates! I'm watching that.
0: Absolutely, and I'm gonna. I, you don't have my tinfoil hat anyplace, do you? It's out. Uh, so if i if my tinfoil hat like.
1: <laughs> I feel like I need to start an Etsy shop with tinfoil I know. hats.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, we should probably make logo. We should probably make blunt, blunt force tooth tinfoil hats. So
1: little fascinators for ladies to wear to the Kentucky Derby.
0: So when I look at things like abortion, when I look at things like trans transgendering children, which makes them which gives them the inability to reproduce. Yeah. When I look at giving people drugs that are going to damage reproduction. Yeah. And then I see Klaus Schwab. And I see Bill Gates talking about how we have 7 billion too many people on the planet and we need uh, we need population control i have a hard time not bringing those different things together
1: you know math is hard sir um and people don't like to add one plus one plus one plus one to actually get oh crap they're using us to depopulate i don't know if you saw this by the way a little side note on that uh that uh elon musk yesterday tweeted out about uh the with a lot of the data uh, showing the actual that we actually have a population crisis of de, of the the reproduction rates are, are were lower like this is even I'm sure COVID plays into this right but it's a longer study of this but how the the population of the planet is actually declining yes we, we not increasing we he posted about that yesterday I thought oh oh
0: <laughs> we discussed that several times this is one of the great economic problems of China.
1: Well, and it was for I read many years ago, I remember reading an article about India having that issue where there were more males uh, being birthed than women. And so they were having what they called a gender genocide uh, through just biological means. And at that point, it was they had no idea why. I don't know if they ever ended. I never followed up on it because this was many years ago, probably 10 um, to see why uh, that was happening. I'm sure they figured out why. I mean, obviously, we know why in China. I mean, that was actually engineered.
0: We uh, have Asian men who consider their digital girlfriend, yeah, their yeah. their cyber girlfriend to actually be their relationship and yeah. are no longer having relationships with actual human women because yeah. they don't have enough actual human women. Yeah, yeah. Because at yeah. a one child birth, a lot of people decide they want to have a boy to carry on their. Their name, I guess, you know, I guess that's important to people have their name carried on.
1: But you can't if you don't have the women to do weird. It's the women have more power than they think they do. Yet they've been weaponized against their own best interests with it. Weird how that works.
0: It is interesting how we've had this movement to empower women, but we've empowered them in the wrong way. We've empowered I, them to think yes. that they're men and they're not men. We're distinctly different. We're not.
1: Listen, I. what? Yes, yes, yes. And listen. I get called a lot because I do call out misogynistic and chauvinistic behavior, uh, from the right sometimes and, some, and definitely from the left, but usually the left it's, 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 it's wrapped in emasculation, right? It's, it's a right. different type of, of, of hate that women receive. Uh, and, and what we're seeing from the right, it's coming from a place of backlash to the left, right? I, I know where it's coming from, but they don't want to hear it. Right. Which, cause nobody wants to hear that they're wrong. Um, but, uh, It is absolutely an issue. And so I will call that out. And I, and the minute that I do, I'm a man hater. I'm a feminazi for all of the things. I'm like, again, back to the two things can be true, you know, at one time. But, um, the fact that they want to just attack a woman for it is, is absolutely bizarre. I'm like, listen, I love men. I, men are wonderful. Somebody has got to take out the garbage and kill the spiders, Mark. (laughs) I I don't want to change my tire Mm -hmm. on my car. (laughs)
0: i've got that job too
1: and guess what i love to bake bread and be a a wife in the kitchen and do all of these things too but you know the the idea that has been pushed by the left more recently right when art like i look at this sometimes and i look at this i'm like katie stanton and susan b anthony would slap the crap out of you women right now because they were not fighting to be equal to men they were fighting to have equal opportunities to men there is a difference between thinking that you're a man And wanting to have these same opportunities and being treated on on an equal playing field for those opportunities, and and that's what they
0: fought for. Can be right at the same time. You can
1: exactly
0: fight for (laughs) equal rights, but not want to be a male.
1: Correct. And you know, a lot of people don't realize, especially on the traditional this whole traditional trad wife movement side. I'm like, do you realize that women couldn't have a credit card in their own names till the late seventies? or early 80s and then i don't remember the exact year If somebody can look it up but uh women also couldn't have their husbands charged with rape and in some states abuse yeah until the late 70s early 80s so what i love to tell people when i get in this argument because like a lot of people on the right because i tend to I, I lean right but i also um I have to because of the space I work in for women and abuse, I have to call you know, I'm trying to hold both sides accountable. I'm like, we are no longer fighting for rights. I love asking that the far left I'm like what rights are you fighting for? Now, what, is what it? Right? Are you fighting for? We are no longer fighting for equal rights. We have every opportunity that a man has. Now it's great. We are still fighting for those opportunities in some cases, and we're fighting against discrimination ironically created by the far left. It's like they're like literally creating the very problem that they say that they're fighting against. Like they're trying to continue to make themselves useful.
0: Well, identity politics is nothing more than systemic racism. It is, it is the ability to break people down into groups and then to force you to identify someone by their race or by their gender before you judge the content of their character or who they are. Right. Because if you Right. Gender the now, same way. Color and gender first. You are disrespecting yeah. me. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. what Martin Luther King would think about where that movement is today? Yeah.
1: I oh, I think much like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, I think he would slap the crap out of us. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like the founding fathers would kind of they'd be really pissed at y'all right now.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Martin Luther King fought to get rid of de- to get rid of desegregation. Or segregation. And, now, and you're
1: segregating yourselves.
0: And now we're going back to segregation. And we yeah, have campuses yeah. that are now demanding that they have all black uh, dorms. Yeah, yeah. And an all black yeah. graduation. Do you yeah. realize people gave up their lives to get rid of this?
1: Yeah. And what bothers me the most, I work very, very, I'm very active in like the black gun community too. And I, you know, like I said, we, you know, we are women in Chicago in the cities because a lot of times, like you said, not just poor or black people in the cities that, you know, benefit from having a firearm. Often that's women, right? Black women in the city. So I, I'm really active in in helping them understand how they're being used for gun control <clears throat> as well. And, and it's, it's one of those things where I watch Some uh, some of the language and things that are used in my friends are like, this is I just can't believe how condescending that they are telling me that this is the way I should act. And and I wish that more more black people, especially on the left, realize, ironically, you're being used by white elitists to continue to push division and 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 to segregate yourselves. Like they're literally playing you to use you for their agenda. These white people are.
0: So so let me ask you one more question before we wrap up. Sure. Uh, Governor uh, Governor Hair what's his name? Uh, Newsom and Kelly. (laughs) Newsom.
1: I know exactly who you're talking about. (laughs) Exactly.
0: He's attacked Governor DeSantis on a number of counts, but he one of his big attacks on DeSantis was DeSantis signed into law the no permit rule for handguns. Yeah. Now turning Florida into. An absolute, uh, just a giant mass shooting. Florida is just a giant (laughs) mass shooting arena now. Of course. What what is the statistics, I'm sure you know them, what is the statistics on crime and shootings in states that become uh, not open carry, but uh, no permitless carry?
1: i wasn't ready for that specific the percentage however you can listen you can go to crimepreventionresearch.org those those statistics actually are on our website that being said i can say that every state that has where there are more people with permits or or no permits uh permitless carry uh the crime actually goes down yeah, we the, the, the crime rate actually goes down. And, but in, and you can find all of that data at crime prevention, uh, crimesearch.org is where so the, the data actually exists on the on the website. And it's actually interesting to read some of that and how when um, permitless carry goes into place in in states how the, the crime rate drops or uh, people have easier access to conceal carry permits. Um, he even has data from Brazil, you know, with a lot of the heat that's going on down in Brazil right now, that when people were allowed to own guns and have permits, crime rates went down there as well. Um, so it's it's very, um, an armed society is a polite society at the end of the day. And, you know, and it's funny that he's going after Florida in particular for this. And I, it's just because DeSantis is running, you know, and
0: yeah, he's, when he's,
1: he's got nothing
0: against him. Brokring's running for president right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's and that's not going to happen either. I mean, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Too many. Too many. Even like centrists don't like him. So I. I I'm not saying he could be a threat later. You know, at, at some point for sure. But right now, I, I don't. I 20. At, at the very least, I can say 2024 is not uh, is not Newsom's year. So that you know for what that's worth. <laughs> but um, you know, 27 states in the in America, um, over half of the states in the United in our country have permitless or constitutional carry of some sort um, or don't re- have never required a permit. So yet those are the states that consistently have lower crime rates. And so the fact that he goes after after DeSantis specifically in Florida, because it's the, it's only because it's the most recent state and because he's running for president. There's there's no other foundation and go figure their side logic and facts that that make sense with that.
0: Now, by the way, for any of you who don't live in Florida, I have a home in Florida. Uh, we're not stepping over bodies. We're not shooting each other in the streets. No,
1: um, Georgia, I'm right there. No, we're not.
0: <laughs> I actually find Florida residents yeah. to be on 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 par, probably friendlier than people in Michigan or New York or Chicago. To actually just be oh my goodness friendlier in general.
1: Yeah. People in I live in the I live in the low country. So I live closer to Jacksonville, Florida and Savannah than I do to Atlanta. And uh and it's absolutely when I, that was one of the biggest things that my husband and I noticed when we moved that we're like the people here are so genuinely kind. Yeah and a hell of a lot less racist than they are up in the Northwest. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a musician, a black uh, hip hop artist from Mississippi once. And I said, they're way more racist on the West Coast and particularly in Washington State and Oregon than they are down here. And I said, I'm guessing it's because there's really no black people up there. And he says, that's exactly why. <laughs> he said, you know, we we live in this, these very culturally Uh, diverse, uh, you know, areas, and it it just doesn't exist the way that they think it exists. People, like you said, they're genuinely kinder. Now, I have a theory on that. I think that uh, particularly where I live um, in the low country and in the the agricultural country, um, you know, there's as many churches as there are probably cattle. So I honestly believe that it's because of the fear of God in a lot of cases. And, you know, whether you're religious or not is irrelevant. What it comes down to is that if that's what keeps you nice and being just a decent human being, great because there's no reason to be jerks to each other just because you have different political views.
0: A thought occurred to me this week. I was going to share this with Chuck, but I'm going to share it with you. And that is. Yeah, Chuck. I know when I look at the <laughs> people are behaving and what occurred to me is that um, spiritual um, I think the best spiritual maturity. mm-hmm is the equivalent to psychological maturity, and what I mean by that is, it with a lack of spiritual maturity, there is no psychological maturity. And when we look at how people are behaving right now, we're seeing this decline in spirituality. But what yeah. we're also seeing a decline in maturity. People are are immature.
1: And I loved how you use the you used you're very specific with your words. You use the word spirituality, not religion, because they are two different
0: things. Religion, to me, has been one of the greatest um, one of the greatest tools of violence and manipulation in the history of man.
1: So, uh, being new on your podcast, I didn't actually want to say that, but um, you know, what war? What have wars been fought over since the beginning of time? Religion, or absolutely. right? Money typically. So, um, but spirituality is a whole different thing. And, you know, my daughter at 13, I'll never forget this. You know, I asked her, she wanted to go to this Bible camp with her that she was invited to. And she goes, no, I'm not, I said, oh, you're not, not, not too spiritual. It's kind of ribbing her. She goes, spirituality is one of the most powerful things that drives the entire world. And I was like, she was 13, right? She got it. And, um, I, I, that stuck with me and it's so true. And I, so I love, that's interesting. I want to think about that more because I don't I don't think you're wrong. I just haven't heard that heard it presented that way. And I, I think you're definitely on this. Maybe you should write a book.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's a lack of spiritual maturity.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I think that when People yeah.
0: accuse me of being religious by the way. I always tell people I am not religious.
1: Yeah, not at all. I not yeah. Not
0: like religious. I am a person who happens to have a relationship with God and happens to know Jesus, but I am not religious.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I've I've known very many devout, good Christian people that do not call themselves religious at all, um, because they understand the man made construct of what that looks like and and how that has da- actually damaged spirituality and and faith in itself. My um, and I think about that you know we've seen,
0: by the way, comes from Gandhi of all people, who said the greatest thing that happened to Christianity was Jesus, and the worst thing that happened to Christianity were Christians.
1: I would agree with that. <laughs> like, I, I can, I, I can, and, and I'm not saying like blindly. Like, here comes the, here comes the polarized. There's no middle ground, right? I, I, I can, I can appreciate that statement, and I think that there is some, some truth to it. Now, listen, Christians, we're not talking about all of you, so don't get offended just because we refer to it as a generality. You know, if it stings, maybe that's something you should explore for yourself. But it doesn't mean we're necessarily
0: talking. Last about question at you. I'm going to throw one yes, last question sure. in, kind of off the gun topic. Um Joe Biden. Um, somebody so somebody put a quote out on Twitter last night that said that uh Ben & Jerry's was thinking about coming up with a Joe Biden ice cream. What should it be called? And I put my name up which was dementia but uh, call it mint dementia instead.
1: <laughs> That's a great idea.
0: Joe Biden's dementia ice cream. Uh, this guy's gone. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not even home. There's nobody left there. Uh, in my opinion, he is the head of a long-term crime family. Fact. Yeah. That the left is doing everything humanly possible to run cover for him. That there is a direct correlation between every time a witness comes out against Biden, Trump gets another indictment.
1: Indictment, yeah. And of course, my state being at the center of this right now, yeah.
0: Yes. And uh yeah. do you know Jenna Ellis?
1: I do. Well, I know of her, yeah.
0: Yeah, Jenna and I have been chatting because Jenna's swept up in that mess.
1: Yeah, she's getting I've, I've been no, I've been watching that that she's been taking a lot of heat.
0: Yeah, and Jenna's just so you know, folks, Jenna's an attorney. She was an attorney for, for Trump. And for the for lack of better words, she's now being charged with the crime of being an attorney. <laughs> Literally. There's she that's the,
1: that just I'm made smart. me snort laugh. Like this is where I'm at. <laughs>
0: Ridiculousness Georgia is charging her with the crime of being an attorney. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. sure how that one works out. We're going to have Jenna on the show here pretty soon. She can't. talk Oh, I want to hear. I'm going to look
1: forward to hearing that. Being in yeah. Georgia and been watching this very closely, and being involved in politics the way I am, um, I I look forward to to hearing hearing what she has yeah, to say on that. Yeah. It is, you know, what I want to know why uh, Jill Biden hasn't been charged with elder abuse. Like how much is she getting paid to exploit this man with dementia? That's that's another question nobody oh, wants to answer.
0: Dr. Joe Biden? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. The most illiterate yeah. thesis that's ever been written in the history uh-huh. of PhD. Uh-huh.
1: Yes, but she shops at Bodega's. So, therefore, she's culturally,
0: you know, and um, no, probably has hot sauce in her purse. <laughs> uh, <anyway. laughs> do you think Joe Biden is actually going to run in 2024?
1: I do. Okay. I do. And my husband and I actually have this argument a lot. Um, my husband is 24 years, retired, Navy counterterrorism stuff. So, uh, you know, he's had to watch peripherally. Right. Uh, it, these decisions have affected his life, you know, for right. or our lives for 24 years. I do think he's going to run. Now, my husband doesn't think so. I think he's going to run. But the reason I think he's going to run is because. People are so divided that they're not paying attention to the proverbial man or men or multiples behind the curtain. And using Joe is still easy to control What's he's easier to control from the back. Uh, I think that at some point he'll be if he's reelected, they will they will pull him right using the incompetence card and put and put um Kamala in because Kamala is unelectable on her own but it may be some back backdoor deal that they did uh for her to, to take this because how many times have you ever seen a vice president as vocal and forward as she as she is now we don't we have never seen that they're usually quiet in the background we forget sometimes some people don't even you know like oh yeah we've got a vice president you know but she's never misses the opportunity and she's always there with him so I no think one has any idea what she again. said. Well, I'm not saying that she's, she's, she's coherent. I'm just saying that she's, she's there and talking a lot. She has an audience uh,
0: with school buses also.
1: Uh, don't even, yeah. And don't get me started on the solar panels, but yeah. So she's, um, you know, she's, I, I do think that they will, but I think it's because it's it he's when they keep him medicated, he's controllable. Yeah. So I, I, I do think.
0: Yeah. I agree that he's heavily medicated. Yeah. Well, so I want to yeah. carry. I want to, I want to thank you for being here. For, and Matt will put, all the connections for your social media and for oh, thank
1: Church you
0: and in the website and make sure everybody knows how to follow you and get in touch with you Here's i appreciate what I want you to do with folks a and we'll talk about this more in the future and a lot of times we talk about health items here and i want to remind people of something and that is this government this society this government wants you unarmed this government wants you unhealthy this government wants you unfit, physically unfit. This government wants you mentally broken. And there is one very simple reason for it, because a weak, broken, mentally and physically unfit society that is not armed is very easy to manipulate and to subjugate and to, do, to make you do whatever they want. So if you want to, if you really want to stand up for American ideals, get fit, get healthy, control your diet, start to get in shape, deal with issues, learn weapons, learn to defend yourself. It is not the job of police to keep you safe. It is your job to keep you and your family safe. And the Supreme Court has ruled on that. Four times, you said. Wow, I didn't even realize it was four times.
1: Yeah. One of the ones I talk about most is Castle Rock versus Gonzalez, which is one of the first ones. And it was a domestic violence case. But there are actually four, uh, maybe five. But I know for a fact there's four cases in which in some component they have ruled law enforcement has no obligation to protect you.
0: Absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you, as someone who was in law enforcement, we couldn't protect everybody because. I was in a city of uh, 80,000 people and there was uh, there was 80 of us, 90 of us. How could 90 people protect 100,000 people? It's impossible. And you even, you know, when you look at and you look at some of these cities, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Austin now. Austin's like 800 police down. Chicago's down. Minneapolis, suburb of Minneapolis just had their entire police department quit. They have no police department decent people don't cuz
1: they get rid of all the good ones and then the jerks are the ones that are left. <laughs>
0: yeah. Decent people don't want to be cops right now. But Yeah, pl-
1: exactly. So what are you left with? You're left with ironically the very cops that you don't like. But <laughs> because you you're getting rid of all the good to, ones.
0: If you want to stand up to the left, you want to stand up to the liberalism, you need to be mentally and physically capable of doing it. Yep. And again, I will uh, I will encourage me we will talk about more of this in the future. And I'm even I will even encourage people that if you're looking for better ways to control your diet, better ways to get fit, you can reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any of those questions for folks. uh Carrie, Carrie, great having you with us. I hope you'll come back and join us again in the future
1: i would I would love it. I would be honored to and and i'll I'll have to give uh, I know that Chuck has got some whatever he's got going on there. Um, I'm gonna tell him my grandma would be really disappointed. she loved him. <laughs>
0: trying to abuse him that but make sure when you come back he's going to be here (laughs) folks if you enjoyed today's podcast
1: (laughs) i'm just teasing
0: (laughs) please please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast send out copies of it to people or if you just have people on the left that you just want to irritate send them a link to our podcast oh send that to me yes (laughs) other than that we will see you next week on the next edition of blunt force truth